and this is my Slovak experience. Hello and welcome to my Slovak Experience podcast. In this chilling December, I'm bringing you Rami, an IT manager from Egypt who has lived in Slovakia for more than 14 years now. No matter where he's from, he just cannot imagine living anywhere else than Slovakia. I recorded our conversation at the beginning of October. It took a while, I know, to bring it to light and I'm glad today you can enjoy it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thanks a lot for following and being part of my Slovak experience. One year of great conversation, thanks to you listeners and thanks to the guests who came to the show. And 2020 will bring some new things to the show. Wait for it. And now, without further delay, please welcome Rami. Enjoy. And thank you a lot for listening. So Rami, welcome to my Slovak experience. Thanks for the invite. So thank you for being here. It's uh, quite interesting. You are the first one that comes from uh, uh, from Egypt that is part of uh, of, of the podcast, and uh, uh, it's uh, you know an interesting, a very interesting place. I think so. And there are you know I, I, it's uh, it's not like a close country here in Europe. It's quite far away, right? So there might be a lot of differences from climate, from so on. So I, I'm interested to know also which That's one is true. your story. So tell me what, what are you doing here in Slovakia? Uh, well, I moved to Slovakia beginning of 2005. So I'm here over 14 years. I came basically for my first job here in Slovakia. It was Dutch software company. So they asked me to come to work here like for about one year. Mm-hmm. So I started working with them. I mean, I came to Slovakia here and to be honest with you, I just fall in love with Slovakia. So even the company, they closed, I think, after three years being in Slovakia here. And I just stayed because I couldn't imagine to live somewhere else. Uh-huh. So so from 2005? Yeah. And how did you find it? Like from... Well, you know, <laughs> where, where, in what city were you, were you living before? Uh, I lived near to Luxor in Egypt. Okay. So that was my hometown. And then I was working that time before I moved here in Hurgeda. And it was just some funny coincidence because I met uh, the owner of the Dutch software company who actually asked me to work for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, to be honest with you, I, I just thought that I would move to Netherlands. So I said, yeah, sure, I can give it a try. He told me, yeah, we are opening <laughs> in a new place called like Bratislava in Slovakia. Well, okay, never heard about it. <laughs> so at that time, just by luck, I had uh, my girlfriend. She was from Bratislava, Slovakia. So I came was like here. a coincidence? It was purely okay. coincidence. I mean, 100% coincidence. So I came here. I started working with them. I got married with my girlfriend at that time. Mm-hmm. 
and I start leaving here. So even when they closed the office and they wanted me to move back to Netherlands, uh, at that time I had a kid. So I just, well, first of all, I couldn't move. Second of all, I, I already love it here. Mm -hmm. And I already decided that my life will be here. But so, you, you, so you, you went from Egypt to the Netherlands? No, I, from Egypt I came straight away here because at that time they opened okay. the office new in Slovakia. It okay. was like supporting office. The main company was in Netherlands, but they had like some supporting office here okay, in okay, Slovakia. Okay. And what did you know about Slovakia before? Okay, to be perfectly honest with you, like from our history books, we know Czechoslovakia. Okay. It's very famous in Egypt, Czechoslovakia until this moment. And from my working in a hotel, I know about Czech Republic. Slovakia, I never met anybody from Slovakia before. I never heard about Slovakia until I met my girlfriend at that time. And then the work. Okay, interesting. And I mean, now the situation is different because Slovakia is very famous in Egypt because of the tourism and so on. But 15 years ago, it wasn't. Okay. Man, what uh, what is now like? Uh, they, they, you think from from a tourist perspective, who comes to Slovakia, what they they're looking for? Like, it's the uh, castles or is the city of Bratislava? Like when me personally, mm. I love all the towns in Slovakia. Bratislava mm. is is a capital, so mm -hmm. it's the same like any other capital. It's good for work. But if I would prefer to do sighting or like nature or so, definitely out of Slovakia, out of Bratislava, sorry, mm -hmm. like, great example, Paneska Štenica. Okay. The most place really I love here. So, yeah, there is castles, but even the castle here in Bratislava, I mean, you cannot compare it with the rest of the castles around Slovakia. So. No, it's true. There are many, many beautiful castles. Beautiful castles, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And what... Um what was the perhaps the first memory you had when you came to Bratislava? Many years ago, huh? I know. <laughs> well, I have. Well, now I can say it's funny experience when I came new to to Slovakia. Uh, my girlfriend at that time she invited me to to go to the mountain, and it was skiing season. Mm -hmm. And me, as a man, I just went over there straight away the first day. I saw like little kids going down the hill skiing and so... Uh, me, because of the weather in Egypt, I actually never saw snow in my life. Mm -hmm. It was my first time to see snow. So I decided like, okay, I will go skiing. Everybody was trying to convince me, no, it's not as easy as it looks. You know that you just go down and that's it. Uh, yeah, after two mm. weeks in the hospital, I found out it's not what easy. Did you break? Legs or? Uh, both legs and arm. Gosh. <laughs> okay. So this is, uh, it, it was fun. It was really funny. So. Interesting. But no, not even, because who, who was here? There was, um, um, uh, who was one of my, of the guests of the, my Slovak experience that she, um, she was telling me that she was doing the sand skiing. Yeah, it's a snow the sand the snowboarding. Do you have anything, anything like that as well in mm, I didn't try it. Yeah, I didn't no, try it. I didn't. Because I always wonder, like, it would be cool as well like to do a warm version of skiing. That's, that's interesting. Funny thing is, like, a lot of people, for example, think about Egypt, it's a pure desert. 
there is big beast desert this is for sure mm-hmm. but me for example like i don't know anybody who is living in the desert i went only to the desert like was group of tourists we just checked out some oasis and mm-hmm. so but otherwise i have no idea about deserts just normal cities the same like slovakia the same like bratislava mm-hmm. no much difference really i mean we're not talking about weather but in general yeah so that means that who who goes because i remember when 20 plus years ago my parents i never been to edit my myself right but they went there and they just came out with pictures of only sand and canvas and things uh, like this that. is what so it's like tourists <laughs> go directly from there while the normal people just get into uh, this is what we call city, the tourist right? experience okay tourists are coming to egypt to look for a couple of things so they're getting it but normally Egyptian people they we we don't do this mm-hmm. so it's some something to you know get uh, this kind of trick on of our minds due to various things yes yeah. and so on right So what are the main differences then that you you see from from Slovakia and, and Italy or what maybe you're that you noticed particularly in Slovakia when you came? Well, obviously the weather. Mm-hmm. I prefer the weather here more than Egypt to be honest with you. I am not big fan of the heat and sun. Mm-hmm. I mean lower temperature is always was my preferable. Mm-hmm. So um when I came that time i noticed that slovaks they didn't get used too much to tourists that time mm-hmm. so now now it's different in many ways but in the beginning when i moved here yeah people even when i was walking in the street it's like everybody's looking at you like what you are doing here so mm-hmm. it wasn't very much common to to be like a little bit darker skin or different skins than mm-hmm. than Slovak or European. So maybe this is a primary difference what I saw at that time. But I never minded. I mean from the first day I came here, I met a lot of people, I made a lot of friends, great personalities. Mm-hmm. So and you live now in Bratislava? I always lived in Bratislava. I never moved somewhere else. Okay. So. And no, because one of the uh you know talk, talking around is the consideration of you know, from from foreigners so there are you know two two kinds of foreigners tendentially you know so who is looking basically like the people in Slovakia that they I mean they spot their foreigner maybe only when they speak right and who maybe you know really looks like a foreigner that might have other kind of troubles right where perhaps they can face uh you know stereotypes or they can face oh, yeah. uh, someone so what, what, what are you facing usually i would say almost every foreigner was different look faced in one time or another like some of these issues mm. but it doesn't mean anything like for me again i, I loved whole slovakia i loved everything about slovakia So when i saw some of these issues it, it didn't mean anything it's just minority or some less intelligent people who mm-hmm. have different ideas but it doesn't mean that the whole country is the same so that's true so it's more narrow down to individual exactly it's all about individuals so. hmm. and, and what folks are um asking you like when they when you tell them you know I'm from Egypt and then what <laughs> talk about camels and dunes and desert or 
before or now? As you wish. It's quite different, actually. There is a okay. big difference be be between like 14 years ago and now. Okay. 14 years ago, uh, when they will see me, wow, exciting, tell me more about Egypt, mm -hmm. weather, why you came here, all of these nice, normal questions. Let's say it started five years ago with uh, all of these Arabic revolutions and so, and mm. refugees. It became a little bit different. Like any different person here, immediately for a lot of people, he's refugee. Without any distinction. So that was my experience. Therefore, I'm just saying like before it was different than now. So it worsened somehow? Uh, yes and no. Okay. Like before, for example, in the beginning, people were excited, like to, to see different nationalities and so, but there was different risks. Like that time, some, let's say, skinheads or this uh, group, specific groups, who was oh, actually against foreigners in general, there were a lot. Mm -hmm. Now there is more security, and you don't meet people like this or troubles like this mm -hmm. often, but in general, people have different perceptions about foreigners. Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, yes and no. So yes and no, but that, that's, that's interesting that, uh, uh, you know, the events sometimes in the news or that might really change the way how people interact with you, right? But you're still the same, you're not didn't different than you were before. Mm, sure. Um, so that's, that's also a, And maybe that's, that's why, you know, one of the main reasons of, uh, of the podcast here is also to, you know, try to um, open a bit the minds, uh, at least for who uh, didn't have the opportunity to meet people from different nationalities and areas, right? That they're, you know, sharing the same experience here. <coughs> there are good things and bad things and, uh, uh, but it's important to, to know, right? So, um, and, and to know that we, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter where you are coming from, right? Uh, you always share the same benefits or the same things you like or things you dislike with many other people around the world, regardless from what is the group, the country or from, or and religion. After all, we are people, right? we are human, exactly. we are all the same. So. And what, uh, what is the... Uh, those things perhaps you're missing from, from Egypt? Anything you, when you go family, back, you, family, language, <laughs> jokes, it's, it's all, let's say about the language. I mean, I don't speak Slovak well, but even if I will be fluently Slovak, it's, mm -hmm. it's still your mother tongue, your own language. It's just different. Mm -hmm. So. Food, I mean, food, I can get it here. Because there is Arabic restaurant, you can always manage to get some Arabic food and so, so it's not really an issue. Mm -hmm. Before it was, now not anymore. But I would say mainly language and family. And how often are you going to visit them? I'm usually going every year in January for the Christmas, for my Christmas, because again, like for us, it's a little bit different Christmas. In Europe, the European Christmas is 24th. Mm -hmm. uh, Egyptian Christmas, because we are uh, 
Orthodox. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our Christmas is 7th of January. So it's to align with uh, Russia and yeah. uh, it's you know, similar Bulgaria religion. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So 7th of January. So I'm trying my best always to go in January. So sometimes it doesn't work out, but I always try to go in January. How is the Christmas in, uh, in Egypt? It's pretty much the same like here. But you I don't mean, have a Santa Claus going around. We, right? Well... <laughs> like it's all about very heavy red. <laughs> there is, uh, there is. I okay. mean, I didn't grow up with it because it's uh, new traditions. Okay. Also with the tree, but we had the same Christmas like here. Presents, a lot of food, family. Exactly the same. No, not much difference. Uh, here, here we. I mean, the main. No, it wasn't really a shock for me, but a very funny thing is that when once on Christmas I went into the house of the grandmother of my wife, right? Yeah. And she had a big fish. Oh, ready, yeah. <laughs> ready to be, you know, <laughs> to be fried somehow, right? So that's the main traditional Christmas. But and what's the, the other tradition? In, in Egypt, we go more for beef. Okay. I mean, I don't think you will see like fish in a table during Christmas. It's completely opposite than here, but you will see beef. Because Christian in Egypt, before the Christmas, they, uh, like before this feast, they stay to mm-hmm. about around two months without eating uh, meat or uh, eggs or mm-hmm. milk products and such a stuff. It's something in the religion. So... Mm-hmm. Once the feast come or the Christmas come, everybody will focus more on the meat or beef. The same like here with the fish. Interesting. Because now I, you know, from so, some of my uh, colleagues that are coming from, from India, right? But also, uh, also Shimpi was, was telling me, uh, you know, on Christmas we just go to the, to, to the temple, right? It's not even if we are Hindu, but we just go because it became a tradition. So exactly. it's something like that. It's worldwide shared tradition of a period of the earth for to celebrate, and that's quite fun. And after all, if you see, all the traditions are the same. Like for us, yeah, we go six uh, in the six in the evening mm-hmm. to the church. We go to the mass, and then seventh in the morning, it's the Christmas day. Here they do the same in twenty fourth. So, after all, if you will think about it, almost all the religions, one way or another, it's the same concept. Yeah, celebrating with your family. Exactly. And having some fun together. Exactly. And eating. Family like and friends and eating and presents. So. Nice. Uh, what, um, so when you, when you come... Here to we discussed about the you know Arab food that you can find it here. So what about the Slovak food? Are you? I love Slovak food. What's your favorite? Uh, Haloshki, <laughs> Brinzo Haloshki. This is my truly favorite food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Madreski goulash, which is from the name, it's like Hungarian goulash, yeah. but I know that it's a Slovak. I mean, in general, all Slovak food I, I do like definitely. I have no problem of eating anything. All the food is good. All food is good, exactly. And what about the, um, you know, when 
Uh, you, 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 did you bring some, some family as well to no. visit Slovakia or someone? Never anybody from my family visited Slovakia. No? They didn't want to come or just... Uh... They would love to come, but it's not that easy to get visa to okay. uh, to Slovakia, especially the, after it became like in the Schengen and European Union, so it's not really that easy, especially for our countries to, to get visa. I mean, if you are European, it's a bit different, but for us, it's a bit complicated, definitely. So you need to what, ask uh, many months in advance? Oh, geez, it's, it takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money. <laughs> If they will be lucky enough to to get it, okay. And, and then you still, you know, need to uh, to have a time frame where you you go, right, for the trip, and then you have to go back, right? Yeah. 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 So in your case, how did it work? It was more like the company helped you to. Uh, company helped, yes, but it was easier for me at that time when I moved here and uh, was was the work contract and so uh, I already decided like I knew my girlfriend at that time for quite a while mm -hmm. okay like if I'll be moving to Slovakia and we fall in love at that time and so okay like let's make it easy and we'll get married together mm -hmm. so it was both running at the same time like working and then I got married and I prefer to have the residency according to to the marriage it just reduced a lot of more troubles yeah. So I I moved it and it worked out well for that time. That's interesting. So that you know, if you so it, work wise, it's one. But if you not come and visit, just for I came time. to visit here before That's before cool. I uh, well when they asked me to to come to work here. Mm -hmm. Again, I knew my girlfriend at the time, so I decided I will come out of the country first because, again, I'm sorry about that, but really I didn't hear much about Slovakia. No, so I wanted to see it for, for on, on my own eyes. So I came and I really, really fell in love with Slovakia. So uh, since that time I decided, was yeah, the, I will work here. What was the thing you liked the most? Nature, mm -hmm. culture. Uh, even after all people, I mean, I, I traveled quite a lot. Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine myself living in some country different than Slovakia. Mm -hmm. I just cannot imagine it. Well, what is the well, people means that they are the uh, is their openness or their friendliness? Or? I was lucky enough to at least in the beginning to meet tons of people who who were like big travelers they were totally open-minded they were friendly mm -hmm. I was meeting them in the daily basis they were big reason of making me really like just want to stay here and when I started the job I always worked in international companies so everybody speaks English everybody want to speak English Everybody was very friendly to me. Again, it was some, somehow exotic at that time because there weren't really a lot of Arabs or Egyptians here. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of circumstances just made me really want to stay here. And that's the negative side of it is that the, the Slovak doesn't progress so much because everybody likes to speak English, right? 
Mm, like, like for myself, yeah, you mean for about everyone, my Slovak like, language? Also for me, like oh, the yeah, Slovak absolutely. language is like if you would just speak more Slovak to me, I wouldn't do the effort, and I would do more effort perhaps as well myself. Right? <laughs> Can I be open? Yeah, <laughs> we are lazy because if we wanted to learn, we will learn. That's true. That's <laughs> just true. It's also laziness. Yeah, yeah it is laziness. Uh, I do have friends here, for example, who from Egypt or from different countries. Mm-hmm. They came here and they didn't have the opportunity to, to work in international companies. They speak fluently Slovak. Mm-hmm. Fluently. And they didn't know any other language except their mother tongue. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's about the situation and if you are willing to do it. Yeah, part is laziness. Part is also the laziness is caused by the environment, right? So if Absolutely. It, it's true that you know, at home, uh, you you speak English, I guess. Right? Uh, uh, yeah. So that's you know wh- wh- where do you do right? Mm. Again, like mother-in-law maybe or father-in-law. That could be. <laughs> it's the exact situation. Uh, also, the other thing, it's like uh, me. I start studying English since I was six years old. Mm-hmm. So it's way more easier to express yourself in in English. Mm-hmm. And after all of this time, for me, it's even more easier than expressing myself in Arabic. Like, English is number one, Arabic is number two. No, definitely Slovak will come to the last place, so... But we are trying. No, oh, yeah. Plus, Slovak language is truly difficult. But no, as comparing it to uh, Arabic, that is, because, you know, one of the... Um, interesting, that's not a stereotype, but I say it's a way of saying, at least in Italy, that when something is totally hard to understand, that's Arabic, right? Something like that, right? Uh, it's pretty like, much, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, that probably connected with the, how tough is that language that I never studied, but how do you compare it between that and Slovak? Like, you know, Slovak says many, ah, the Slovak is, uh, uh, you are very good in Slovak because Slovak is very, very tough, right? And but. Slovaks, they know that the Slovak language is tough, it's very hard. Arabs, we know very well that Arabic is really tough. But for us... Any similarity between the two? No. Uh, no. Well, there is few words actually which similar. Uh, I was surprised about it when I came new to, to Slovak. There is few words mm-hmm. like chai, soccer, it's mm-hmm. the exact same thing. Kravata... Uh, Asphalt, I think. Some of these words are really the exact same thing, mm-hmm. which was surprising for me. But if you'll ask any foreigner or any person, like, what is more easy for you? Like, yeah. is a foreigner language difficult? Always they will tell you it's difficult, whatever the language is. So it's natural. Yeah. No, I mean, English, it's very. I think the good thing of English is the multi-layered. Yeah. Right? So like that you might really speak a simple one, but still easy to be understand without many verbs and conjugations. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So that makes it even easy, without too much grammar, you are still able to understand and you are able to talk. In Slovak, I tried to speak without grammar. The sentences just didn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, try even in Google Translator. Mm-hmm. Try to translate something from Slovak to English or from English to, to Slovak. It's, uh, yeah, you know, it doesn't make sense. 
Yeah, so the other one, like when when you have a big Slovak test and you don't understand the the opposite stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, not. Mm. I mean, still after 14 years, uh, you 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 can understand some of them. I can get myself out of trouble. And get this is what I always say. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I can manage to get out of trouble with the Slovak. But yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, So what what would you, um, if you could, right? Would you would you change about Slovakia? Is there anything uh, if you you know could uh, something you you know from your experience or from something you don't really like or if like I would change are, something, powerful man, and you can change. Uh, no, it's more as a wish because whatever powerful you are, you will not be able to change people. Because if I will change something, if I have the power to change something, it will be not all the people, but a lot of people, just to change that not all the people are the same. It doesn't mean that you are foreigner or you are Arab. Because, okay, let's put it that way. Media is playing big part, not only here in Slovakia, but globally, everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's you go anywhere. It's like if there is bomb attack or there is killing, and yeah. so it's Arab. So it's somehow play in people's mind psychology and like in the back of their head, subconscious. It's like Arab somehow. Oh, I need to be worried from him a little bit because you know all of this terror, terrorist and explosions and bombs and everything. It's like they just see you. And they were for sure a bomb hit them somewhere, right? And yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> okay. But uh, but this is moved by uh, what media messages mostly? It's right? all about media. But uh, how how is it in Egypt then? Is it a similar thing or what's the the point of view from there? Right? It's like is it? Um, I mean, it, it's not the same. It's the total opposite. Is what what you say? Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't say the opposite. You will find the terrorists or you will find all of these people who is attacking or making trouble everywhere mm-hmm. from all nationalities mm-hmm. in every country. I mean, there is no country without such a stuff. But once the media is just showing, they relay some specific thing to specific nation mm-hmm. or people like... Uh, there is one uh, comedian I love to watch. Mm-hmm. He's hilarious, but a lot of his jokes it had point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Peters. Mm-hmm. So he was talking, for example, about the media, about the Arabs, and how the media show. It's like he was saying, media show in the television. Like there is, they bring some images, mm-hmm. and then they make you somehow think mm-hmm. with the way they wanted. Like they show. Bomb, and then group of Arabs, mm-hmm. car accident, and then there is Asian, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and such a stuff. It's like so. This is building a stereotype. I mean, that's. I mean, the reason uh, media said. I mean, the journals, and the newspapers, and websites and TVs are an extremely useful thing for humanity to you know share information to make sure that the. Uh, power and uh, politics has a kind of uh, control, right, around, so that it, it's, it's a very fundamental role in society. 
the problem is that you, you know, many many people are are not able to uh, to read through the media, right? So there yeah. are good journalists and bad journalists, right? And unlucky articles, and uh, you know, and sometimes it's true there are. Uh, some areas or some newspapers that are, you know, I don't know, I, I was reading the other day an article from, from Italy, right? So there was the national article that said, you know, two people went into a police station uh, killing two policemen, right? And then I saw the local newspaper and it was written exactly the same news, but instead of two people, it was written two people from this country yeah, did that, exactly. Right? So exactly. what, there is no reason about the nationality of who did that. Anyway, if you go and kill people, you are a... You are a killer, whatever, whatever right? nationality you are. But the fact that you put a nationality there brings um, a label into it. And maybe, you know, it's easy to consider, because it's an unconscious bias, easy to consider that maybe perhaps other people with the nationalities are obvious that it happened because... Yeah. Yeah, and that's but people should learn to read through this, right? To say like it's it's bullshit, it's, it's not right. It's um, for me the media have not have to do, but they just do this because if they will show me or you, which is totally different nationalities, we have total normal life. For the media, this is boring. But when they will see some bomb attack or some body a killer or so, this is exciting. Oh, he's Arab or he's <laughs> yeah. So it's more excitement for for the media. Yeah. But normal people are just boring stuff. And uh, but I mean, in your case, it's interesting. So you are um, you are Arab, but you're also Orthodox at the same time. Right? Yeah, I'm Christian. So um, usually, you know, people connect with. Uh, totally different religion as well, right? So it's uh, also tradition and everything might change in your case, right? It's not the norm as well. I, I will tell you something. Uh, mm -hmm. I saw a lot of news before. Uh, oh, it's like there is a lot of troubles between Christians and Muslims mm -hmm. and I don't know, Muslims they had Christian and Christian they had Muslims and all of these things, which is again, only in the media. In reality, and few people, perhaps, right? But yeah. Believe me, in reality, it's completely, completely different and far from reality. Mm -hmm. Far from reality. It's not like this. It's it's truly. It's only in the media. Mm -hmm. But once you go and you leave in this situation, you will find actually what is going on. It's not true. Again, it's just. Excitement for the media, no, mm. nothing else. I mean, I also consider that like, people really don't care so much. They care about where to go to eat and uh, this is how for the normal travel, people, which is most of the people. What to buy, right? But this is boring for the media. Uh, the person who is having normal life, like it's not exciting. Hmm, that's interesting. I mean, that that's true. That's one of the reasons why perhaps we have, uh, um, I mean podcast an opportunity to learn and share right it's just this it's like you and uh, you as Egyptian living in Slovakia right you might have a role into uh, opening some eyes right so it's still like to have that conversation that allows more people to learn about some kind of biases or stereotype they might have collected without knowing but that yes. now they can you know break and know something new? I would say 
I mean, every foreigner is doing this since day one in Slovakia. Mm. So it's not only my case, but everybody does the same. Yeah. We try always to open mind to say about actually what is going on, talk about reality, not just what comes in the television or the news. A lot of this news is just mixed up or tweaked or turned to give different pictures than how it is in reality or how is it actually. So always with such a stuff, we say what is going on. Uh, when I'm sitting even with my colleagues here, like uh, people are coming until this moment, oh, I would love to go to holiday in Egypt, mm -hmm. but I'm so afraid, you know, all of these bombs and terrorists and so mm -hmm. on. Okay, guys, this is not true. It mm. could happen somewhere, sometimes, but it's the same, it could happen anywhere else. Mm. It doesn't mean that you will just go to Egypt and straight away you will have bomb attack over there. No, it's it's not true. So. Yeah, it's all connected with some individuals and depending on where this individual exactly. is, where they want to do. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, statistically, it's uh, more dangerous to drive the car. Eh? Or in Egypt? No, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Like, whatever threat that might happen or travel, its numbers are very low. Yeah, If you really true. think, you see about what really happens, it's more emotional reaction than the real, real danger. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, what about cars? Like, driving is uh, different? Like, uh, oh yeah, it's completely different. What's the... In Europe, in yeah. Europe, it's way too easy. Okay. Way too easy. So just you take the wheel and uh, you just go. Yeah, I mean, that's there, it's organized. It's uh, polite. It's not that busy. I always laugh when when my colleagues or some friends they come. Oh, I stopped in traffic today. It's like I don't know. I was standing for 10, 15, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. If you go to Cairo, mm -hmm. it's very natural, like you're going to work, you spend easily two hours one way. Mm -hmm. Two hours is pretty much nothing in Cairo, just wasted in the traffic, you're actually stuck in the traffic. And they don't call it even traffic anymore, it's just driving, driving. <laughs> like the normal driving. Therefore, in, in Egypt, it's also one of the... They always make fun about this. Uh, when I tell you, okay, I'll meet you at five. Mm -hmm. In Egypt, yes, you try to make this appointment, but there is so, so many circumstances around you. It's very hard, actually, to, to come in the time you agreed about. Mm -hmm. This is my experience. And, and this is actually the reality. I mean, country or sorry, one city like Cairo, I don't know, with 15 million car. Mm -hmm. What do you expect? So what, you just more work from home or just uh, take, it, take it easy and wait? or? No, you just wait. Or the people somehow get used to it, like, okay, I spoke with my friend, I'm meeting you at 5. Then I will just go at 6, 6.30 because I know he will be late. I'm not in purpose, but I know that yeah, it's yeah. usually working like this. There is always a couple of hours like... <laughs> Interesting. I mean, my experience, well, I mean, from my hometown in Italy is that I usually organized uh, evenings with friends, I don't know, 8, 8.30. 
but people started arriving at 9.30 or 10. Oh, right? yeah, it's not but, but hold on, but that, that city where I was living was a very small city with zero traffic then, right? So it's more like that folk started thinking, okay, I need to go at 8, okay, let me leave home at 9.30. And mm, uh, five well, minutes, <laughs> right. so it was totally different feeling, right? We are a little bit similar to Italians, by the way. <laughs> so Egyptians are like nature and Italians are quite mm. similar, especially south of Italy. Okay. So we have the same somehow. So it's like take it easy. The time is. Oh yeah. We own the time. Yeah. Plus, in also huge difference between here and Egypt or maybe some other countries. Here, Slovakia. I don't know in the winter. I would say nine, ten p.m. It's dead. You you cannot see many people in the street. Mm -hmm. Go to Cairo. We start preparing to go out for dinner. 11, mm -hmm. maybe midnight. You can have normally your doctor appointment, your dentist, I don't know, at 1 o'clock in the morning. And believe me, it, it, it's happening. Okay, so it's like uh, the 24-hour yeah. life. Yeah, it's 24 hours, just life. Mm -hmm. You go to food shops everywhere, not everywhere, but in. I'm talking about Cairo. In most of mm -hmm. the places, 24-7. But, but Cairo, this is a kind of an international, the biggest city, so what about, you know, your, your hometown? My hometown is, it's a small town, mm -hmm. and when I'm saying it's a small, I don't know, it's maybe two, three millions. Okay. When it's small, <laughs> so uh, it's a little bit similar. I mean, less than Cairo, definitely, but you will find really everything you need 24-7. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, there, 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 there is a uh, you know, debate as well uh, here connected with, you know, having open uh, the shops and supermarket and things on Sunday or not, right? And so far in Slovakia, there are those bank holidays where yeah. everything is closed. Yeah. But if you go the day before, uh, there is like an attack on the supermarkets, like everybody buys everything. And everything Which is finishing. very strange for me. Yeah. I don't know, I always notice it's something like before the Christmas, but now it's all the bank holidays. Mm -hmm. You go to supermarket, people are like voting in... Again, <laughs> in I'm dying. Yeah, for one day they will that. never so, open the, yeah, the shops again. I mean, somehow I agree about the concept that in the bank holidays, everything should be closed, mm -hmm. at least in the shops, because the people who's working, they also deserve... Mm -hmm. to have this holiday it's why they shouldn't have the holiday and if you wanted to buy food or something arrange it one day before i mean we already get used to it for the last couple of years we know that there yeah. is some bank holiday you will just go buy your stuff and that's about that it, it doesn't affect you that badly at the end worst case scenario you miss the milk or fresh bread but whatever yeah i mean you can survive one for one day. day you can survive that's true so every day, every time, there is some life. And uh, what about the uh, you going back there, right? So now, uh, what? How? How? Uh, what are the answers you you have to give about Slovakia and your life here, or what are the curiosity from your family members and friends that are living in Egypt? Uh, what do you mean? 
you know, like now you you are also like you're not only representative of Egypt here, but also representative of Slovakia when you go back to to your hometown. It's my second home. Yeah. Simple sentence, simple answer. Slovakia is my second home. Or in some cases, even it become like Slovakia is the first home, Egypt is the second home. Egypt will be always home. Mm-hmm. But to consider the country you are living in when you are foreigner home, mm-hmm. it's already a big step. It means that you already settled down, you cleared out what is your imagination, what you want to do. It, it became more clear for you. Mm-hmm. And once you decided that, okay, this is my country, I will settle my life here, it become automatically home. Mm-hmm. So naturally, your home country will be the second, because if you think about it, you are living here, you are not living there. Yeah. So. I mean, I hope I will never leave Slovakia, but... You never know. You never know, exactly. You never know. What is going to happen or what the future has for exactly. us. Right? Exactly. But, but still, so now it's been 14 years, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, did you, did you, do you have the citizenship as no, already? No, unfortunately not. not so you just go to deal This with is one of the holidays. things which I wish, but uh, based on a lot of my friends' experience, uh, to get Slovak citizenship, it's one of the most difficult things ever. If you if you uh, watch or listen to the My Slovak Experience, like a couple of episodes ago, there is a Roberto that was sharing how he managed to, to get it after 10 years. Right? And, and he's lucky. And uh, yeah, but the, he, he speaks uh, a good Slovak, right? So he had the option to, and that was the toughest part for him, is mostly connected with language. Right? I would say, for me as a foreigner, the toughest part yet to get Slovak citizenship. Mm. This is the toughest thing, and this will be my hope or my goal here in Slovakia, just to get Slovak citizenship. Hmm. I mean, this is probably one of the things I wish mm-hmm. if it could change. Different countries, it's not so much complicated like here. Mm. I mean, when I hear about from the people who actually went to the exams for the citizenship and you hear what is happening with them, what questions or how the exam go or how long it takes until even they Mm. answer you, it doesn't make much sense for me. I mean, to get the answer if you succeeded in the exam or no, after two years, after two years, it's quite a lot. Now, here they can tell you quite quickly, now recently, at least what the rest. The, the, the tough part is the, um, is the knowledge of uh, Slovak language, right? Yeah, it's so the tough part. That, that is arguable. I mean, many, uh, of course, the, you might always say, you know, if you live in Slovakia, you live here for many years, you should at least learn the local language, right? Um, but from the other side, you don't really need that language to survive and live in a place, right? So the fact that you live in Slovakia, you also um, experience the, a lot of other things, right? So even if you don't speak a perfect language or you maybe don't understand many things, but you can uh, live with people and you know see the stuff and contribute. Yeah, for exactly. Things, right? 
Um, so citizenship is connected with language is could be arguable, right? For many, it's normal. For a lot of reasons, but true. Still, it's um, uh, it's tough, right? If you don't know that, then then exactly. And in many other countries, perhaps uh, you can just even file the request only, and that's it, right? You don't even need to make an. I'm not sure actually how it works much in my country. I wouldn't lie to you, but. Uh, I know in different countries, yeah. who, because I have friends in these countries, it's just different and way easier. Mm-hmm. Way easier. So, good luck. That's been interesting. Thank you. I hope so, one so, day. <laughs> and then perhaps I can invite you again for another podcast so you can tell me the story. How you Once I will get the citizenship, so I will definitely call you. <laughs> That's been interesting. Cool. Anything else to uh, that? It's uh, important, you know, being, uh, you know, a foreigner in Slovakia means to you or that is part of your everyday experience? A lot of times actually I'm feeling like I'm like Slovak. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, you will do the same exact things like you are at your hometown. Mm-hmm. You wake up from in the morning, wash your face, have some coffee, have yeah. some breakfast, go to work, sit with your colleagues, finish work, go outside or go home, watch television, be with your kid or family, mm-hmm. go to sleep. It's it's just normal life. Mm-hmm. There is no much difference. No, it's true. I mean. Uh then you you uh, sometimes I face with kids right sometimes you um, it's hard for me to but this is I'm not sure if it's a kind of cultural difference but uh, not so many parents um, come to talk to me right so it's more like they many are afraid that I don't speak Slovak right and uh, so in this case and in the same way when kids are coming to uh you know to play with with my son right uh and and i and i say something in slovak right i i i could hear at least like already like three times the same thing like ah so rozumi po slovensky you know something like you know the father that is foreigner so he doesn't speak slovak and that's very funny i have so, kid and it's happening the same thing, <laughs> uh, the same exact. But because you, you, your fellows are speak Slovak fluently, right? So yeah, that's, that's, that's but it's still happening. I mean, even if I'm speaking with my kid constant in Slovak in public, still the people are coming to ask you in English, even when you're talking with the kid. Yeah. You speak Slovak? Well, I thought that what I was just saying was Slovak, <laughs> so yeah, I do. So it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's fun to deal with, uh, you know, something that is not usual, right, for for many, and uh, uh, maybe it's not even usual for us, because I was born, for example, in an Italian family, with Italian father, Italian mother, and so on, so for me, there wasn't this kind of bilingual environment, and so on, and now that I have, I'm still surprised about it, but it brings some different color, and it's nice. Exactly, exactly. It's a good experience. Uh, How... uh, how different are you after 14 years? Right? So, you know, Rami before, when Egyptian that comes somewhere and uh, start living and, and now, what, what um, how is the different you? What did, 
Slovakia and your Slovak experience change in, in you? My goal is more clear for me. Future, career, uh, normal life, it's, it's more clear, mm-hmm. more practical. I, I'm talking only about myself. I see myself 15 years ago and now mm-hmm. I'm definitely more practical now more focused, more determined. Again, the vision is more clear. Maybe also with the age, so. I know what I want and I'm trying to reach it. Here I see, if I speak, I would say it's more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Here I see it always, work hard, you will get what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, in different places, I wouldn't say so. You need to be lucky. Here, here I see it really, work hard, you will get what you need or what you want. The luck factor is less. Uh... Oh yeah, the luck factor is definitely less. Mm-hmm. At least how I see it. And now, but that's actually you know, connected as well to uh, the fact that you you are here, right? So then coming to an environment when they didn't speak the language initially, right? And you had to face some, um, you know, some basic learning and so that everything was new, right? Yeah. Uh, Did this bring you to, you know, learn some some things that you couldn't have learned before, perhaps, right? I would agree. Not really. If I came again, I'm. Uh, I was lucky enough that since I came here, all my life so far it was pure English. International environment, mm-hmm. international work. All my friends speaks English. I have a lot of foreigner friends, so it's ninety nine point nine percent speaking English. Mm-hmm. So you didn't really need Slovak. But if I was put in the situation that. I can speak only Slovak, which happened to several of my friends. Mm-hmm. It would be different because they speak fluently Slovak. Fluently. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is the luck uh, factor how, playing. How many? How big is the community of Egyptians here in, uh, in Slovak? I really don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know. But I remember. But you have like a good group of friends. From oh yeah, I do have few friends, but I know that there is bigger community here definitely I don't know how many hundreds to mm-hmm. be honest with you I, I don't know the exact numbers but I know that 15 years ago we were five <laughs> from five I mean so, some um, that came to the podcast you know, like kind of know right the, the little number like 20 23 30 right? so uh, no it's definitely I would say in in hundred. 200, I really don't know the exact no. numbers, but what is important for me is that I have a group of friends, Egyptians, and we know each other for several years and we are very close, like, together. Mm. And they're not from the same company you work for, right? It's no, it's different companies, friends. actually. Ah, yes. so. And again, you'll find them all in international companies because what, the same what happened to me happened to them. It's just international companies. Yeah, that's experience. So, mostly English speakers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cool. 
And what are the... Um, I am still thinking about you that talking about Arab food, but what is the, the kind of food that you cannot really bring here or that you're missing? And oh, <laughs> in particular? Uh, there is one particular food which you cannot find here. We have one delicacy in, in Egypt, it's called hammam. Bijans, actually. Hmm? Bijans. Bijans, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's different than what you see in Europe here in the streets and so. Over there it's farms. Okay. And it's very clean because Bijan by its nature eat only beans or seeds. Okay. Eat only seeds. Mm-hmm. Therefore it's uh, it's considered as a delicacy and it's it's quite expensive really like to to buy it normally in, in Egypt. Here, European in general, they know that Bijans are just eating from the streets and all of this and it's something like, I don't know, Brazil and horses. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. And, and, and so that is like, it's a, something you can find in a supermarket easily? In Egypt, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Here, no. <laughs> Yeah, because the maize is not the same as the one that is in the square sitting. Yeah. And if you will talk about right. food, definitely mango. There is mango existing here, but it's 180 degrees different than the mango I grew up with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember it from my childhood or even when I go back now to, to Egypt. Seriously, like you cut the piece of mango, you can smell it two meters far. Mm-hmm. For me here, the mango you just buy it from whatever shop, it just looks like a mango. It tastes different, smells different. So something fresh. Yeah. And something different. Interesting. Pigeon I never tried actually. It's it's very interesting, but you... Now, what the, is like chicken taste or what what is the... A little bit similar to chicken, but it, it, it's without description actually because it's very unique in taste. Okay. Very unique, and the meat is very tender. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it doesn't. For me, for example, chicken smells worse than pigeons. Mm-hmm. Pigeons, it's it's but very nice. Much more. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so you need big, like for a person like two or three or? Uh, easily I would eat two normal oh, okay. lunch okay. and usually we fill it with uh, with rice or uh, uh, there is special thing usually filled inside of the chicken. I don't remember the word, how it's called. Uh, it's really... Interesting, okay. Something to... So here there is no restaurant that can... Uh, you cannot find it here, definitely. No, unfortunately not. Not even... You have to go to Egypt. <laughs> to go so. to Egypt. Ah, there might be other countries that do that. I'm sure there is. Something quite weird. Okay, very cool. Uh, anything else we haven't shared that is a part uh, important about your Slovak experience? Mm, I mean, in, in general, still, everybody will have or have some bad experience, but the winner is definitely the better experience or the good experience. And longer you will stay, more good experience you will get. Yeah. So you can say it about yourself. You, maybe 10 years ago, you will be stuck in everything. 
Now you will manage yourself. You, you can handle. You will reach what you want. Yeah, it's a new home. Exactly. It's, it's a new a, home. You get acquainted. But the good thing is that you get... Um, now, I would go to another place. It's, it would be much easier because uh, you're used to... To be a foreigner. To be a foreigner. Yeah, <laughs> true. Right. So that's, true. that's a kind of additional skill that, uh, exactly. that came into it. So everywhere I feel at home nowadays. Right? Doesn't matter you can where. adapt easier than before. Mm. When you move new to any new country, it's, it's somehow you are afraid, it's difficult, everything. It makes you think twice before you do it. Now you are easy to adapt. Oh, thank you about that, sure. Thank you for sharing. Thank Welcome. you so much. Thanks for asking and thanks for this opportunity, really. And, uh, you know, I wish that you more, more folks, if you, uh, you know, if you're watching my sort of experience, not only share, right, but it's important as well, you know, to, to bring all the experiences and to bring, uh, so if you have any, also no one, someone that you would like to recommend for the podcast or anything else, I'm happy always to bring more and more guests so that we can have a, a bigger and perhaps richer kind of variety of stories from which everybody of us can learn from. I really appreciate your approach because as we talked in the beginning, media have quite big impact and I think it's, it's great that you are doing this. Just try to gather all of these experiences Hopefully, more and more Slovak people will see it, so maybe it gives them something new. And definitely, it will give a lot of hints and tips for foreigners here in Slovakia. Yeah. Thanks for that. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to my Slovak experience. See you at the next interview. Till then, have fun, share and enjoy. So, did you like my Slovak Experience podcast? If yes, you can share it with your friends and peers. They can listen it from many sources, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Tuning Radio, or Spotify. And now you can also watch us on video while we are recording on YouTube. Thank you.